welcome. I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and you are listening to the Beyond Being Well podcast, a show dedicated to helping women leaders like you take your wellness journey to your wholeness journey and beyond. Join me as we explore relationships, work, money, health, and purpose, and interview the best of the best in women's empowerment so that you can love deeply, expand fully, and contribute to a better tomorrow. So let's get cozy, settle in, and dive straight into the magic. Hello, and welcome back to the Beyond Being Well podcast. My name's Meg, and This is the last episode of the season, season two, and I thought it was a nice opportunity to check in and share, you know, at this midpoint of the year, how things have been here for me and to share some of the kind of lessons that I've been learning um, through this podcast series, both from our guests, from my clients, um, from all of the people that I'm in relationship with, both uh, those in my immediate family and those further afield. And I just thought it was a nice opportunity to let you all know what's been going on for me and also what's next for the podcast. So I started this year being really committed to uh, my finances. And I think there was a podcast episode with Kat Vasalo. And in that episode, you would have heard that I was like super motivated to get on top of my finances. And for the most part this year, I have. And I think I've changed a lot of my mindset around money and worth and value. And, you know, we're, we've paid down a lot of debt this year and I'm feeling relatively good about it. But there's a couple of lessons that I've learned around this money piece that I felt like to tie this season up in a nice bow. I would share. And the first being that, you know, we're worth more than money. And I think we're so conditioned to make decisions primarily on money alone without understanding that, um, Nell is also here recording the podcast with me, without also understanding that money is just representative of value and that we can say no to things where is where money is concerned particularly when our inner wisdom is telling us that you know the money is not worth either the investment or the expectation or the stress and i think so many of my clients this year have been coming up against this belief that like we need to be kind of slaves to money. And I think something I've learned, particularly in the last couple of months, is just being clear around receiving worth and value other than in monetary terms, like sometimes building social capital and being in relationships really important. Sometimes, you know, we're able to receive different um different currencies, I guess, other than just money. And to build a life that's truly wealthy, I think we need to be willing to really look at that relationship with money and to work out what sacrifices we're making and what boundaries we're letting go and what needs we're suppressing in order to have financial or in in, in air quotes, financial stability or security. 
Um, yeah, I think that's all I've got to say on the money piece. Oh, can we talk about having two kids for a minute? Because two kids is so much easier than I thought on a couple of fronts, as in just the baby stuff is so much easier. I didn't realize like how much with the first child you had stretched and grown. And when you're kind of in the mothering rhythm, the second child kind of doesn't come as that much of a shock to your system. But what has been a shock is just the headspace that it takes up. Like my head is constantly full and I think it's just having another person's needs um, in my mind and like meeting the, the, the baby's needs as well as the three-year-old's needs as well as my needs as well as my husband's needs as well as everyone else's needs. Um, and, yeah, I mean I shared a post on Instagram recently around postpartum anxiety round two which is always for me related to sleep deprivation and iron deficiency and how this time cycling back through it, I've been so much more aware of the stories um, and whether they're true or not. It's like I'm at this point where I can see that my inner critic or my um, ego is kind of narrating this whole world's smallest violin story around you know this being the hardest thing ever and no one seeing me and and yet on the other level there's this deeper part of me that's like yes I see you and like you're okay in the chaos you're okay you know underneath it all there is this sense of you know being able to be a loving presence and witness throughout the waves as they come and that's my story. That's not anyone else's story. And I understand everyone has a really different experience of PPD and, and PPA. And I just wanted to share that for me this time around, you know, the symptoms have been the same, but the way I've coped has been quite different. And I'm really proud of myself for that resilience um, and being able to still show up for things that I love, like my work. I think that's all I've got to say around around the family front. I think next year is going to be really different and, you know, just this year work has had to fit around kind of the needs of a small, small human, which is absolutely perfect and I've tilted into that and I feel like next year will be a new cycle. We're actually going on a family holiday to Queensland in a few weeks and or in a week and a half and I'm so looking forward to just taking that time out and kind of stepping back and having some perspective on everything that's gone on this year and, and where we're at and where we can tweak um, things and where we can refocus because I think continually having these processes to come back to what is my sacred social vision, what are my values, what is our version of success, what are we working toward as a family um, is really important. On another note, we've started accepting guests into our little studio at the back of our house that we've renovated as an Airbnb, which has been like something that we've really wanted to do for a long time as a way of building community rather than making money, um, but also kind of stretching to our edges because it doesn't have um, a bathroom. It just has a toilet, which means that you know our kitchen and toilet in our main house are, are kind of a shared space and 
it's really pushed us to the edge of being congruent with our values around having an open door policy and, you know, having cuppers with all sorts of people and, you know, just being willing to listen to others' stories and invite them into our home and offer hospitality. And it's really kind of new for us. And I think there's still lessons that are kind of percolating, but it's been a really interesting process. And I would always say to stretch the edges of what, you know, you're comfortable with in terms of vulnerability, because I always say that we're relational beings and we need to be in community and in relationship. And for me, that is such an important value that has come from my own void of being surrounded by people that share my passions and interests. Um, and really that can go to the depths that I want to be able to go to in conversation and in relationship. And yeah, so we're kind of seeing how that goes and I will report back maybe later in the year. Something else I've learned this year is, um, (laughs) it's such a cute noise that she makes at the moment. Something I've learned this year is around, um, just boundaries and i have really proud of myself how far I've come in terms of energetic boundaries, in terms of becoming a really good space holder rather than needing to fix or change others. And I just think that the more I do it, the more I learn about it, the more I see it in clients, you know, learning how to set boundaries, which is kind of a multifaceted process, right? Like setting boundaries is the kind of process of first being able to identify your true need, second, giving voice to it, and third, communicating that need outwards in some way or honouring it within yourself. Like that is a hard thing to do in a world that where we've been conditioned to kind of not only just have no boundaries but almost allow others like really deeply into our space and uh, invite others' opinions of us to be the benchmark of what we should be working toward. And so I'm really proud of the boundaries that I've been able to have this year. However, it's also deeply uncomfortable and I'm realising how in the past when I was kind of working with Um, coaches or people you know that are a couple of years ahead in business or space holders and I was really triggered by women having boundaries because it rubbed up against this idea that people owed me something or owed owed like I had paid and so I deserve to be made feel special which is so like ludicrous to admit but I know that maybe somewhere deep inside you, I hope, that there's this part of you that gets what I'm saying and that I think sometimes within the capitalist system we we equate paying money with needing to be validated in all the ways where we're hurting. And I really think as a space holder my job is not to validate uh, people or to make them feel like, oh, like all good about just you know, following what feels good, even when working through a challenge can be so rewarding. I think actually the most loving thing that we can do sometimes is set a boundary and allow those either close to us or within our circle to rub up against that boundary in order to catalyze their own healing journey and their own um, self-empowerment journey. I honestly just don't think it's worth it 
anymore for me to feel the need to give in order to receive. And I am also trying to be more discerning in the relationships that I do have that some of them you know, are so deep and so potent that I really feel that unconditional love both ways. And in other relationships, you know, I don't need to give everything in order to be loved. I don't need to, you know, be everything to that person and give all of myself in order to be loved because that's just not possible. It is just simply not possible, um, with the vision of what I want to do, but more importantly for my family and for my own needs. I want to be doing this work, particularly in social change, for like a long time to come. And it's so important that I take care of myself and that we collectively be willing to set and stand by boundaries and maybe receive the projections that others have of us for having boundaries um, in order to move like womanhood forward. And I really, truly now like get that on an embodied level. Having said all of that, I still have a really long way to go with boundaries because most of the time what I've realized is that I am like, even though intellectually I get that in my body, I'm still scrambling to people please all the time and scrambling to just make everyone happy which stems from just an inability sometimes to have the self-intimacy to be able to hold space for my big feelings. So I think boundaries and resilience and being able to hold within ourselves a loving witness to the depths and the challenges and the voids and the discomfort is like the pre kind of the prerequisite to being able to set healthy boundaries with others. Um, Yeah, I think that's all I've got to say on that. So two more things before I love and leave you for this season. The first thing is that I'm really kind of at the end of a cycle. I just taught a retreat and launched my leader program and I'm also kind of coming out of the early baby days and all of this around solstice, winter solstice marked the end of like a a five-year cycle of healing that I intuitively know is complete. And I believe that from this point forward, I want to ask different questions and I want those questions to be the basis of not only my work, but my vision for how I'm showing up and my relationships and all of, all of my life and the work that I choose to do on myself, etc. And I'm really so grateful for the physical breakdown, the journey back from that, the healing that I went through, and then, you know, moving from wellness to that wholeness journey and, and the self-empowerment that came from that. I'm so grateful for that cycle of healing. And I also know that it's done because in conversation now, I no longer want to look backward. I no longer want to talk about where I am now being the end point. And I no longer want to use the language of like before and after that is so rife within the kind of spiritual and healing worlds. 
I think so much of life is just more of this grey, nuanced, murky area that it's more interesting to me to have those kind of nuanced conversations than this simplistic, like, before I was broken and now I'm healed, which is such BS. As I said before, as my capacity to hold space has increased and I've been able to start to build a community of change makers and women around me, including within my peers and friendship group, that really are stretching me. I believe that what I'm more interested in is, you know, where do we go from here? What are we doing the wellness work for? Who are we healing for? Um, is it possible? Hi, now. Hi, gorgeous. She's lost all of her toys. She's pushed them all away. Hello. I'll be with you in one second. You're doing a really good job, aren't you? Hey. I'll, say, I'll, I'll post a photo um, on my Insta of what's happening right now. It's very cute. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so over just talking about that period in my life and in air quotes like selling because of it. And as my capacity to hold space and for discomfort in myself and others has increased, I'm more than aware that I think so much of the spiritual and wellness industries are like promoting this, just follow what feels good and what feels good and love and light and, you know, all of these bypassing mechanisms basically to keep us out of going to the depths that I believe we need to be willing to in order to create social change. I've done a lot of study this um, year around embodied leadership and social justice and systems of oppression and now more than ever I understand how being able to hold that discomfort within ourselves, being able to sit with the shame and guilt and sometimes acknowledge that we're part of those systems is the most important thing and I now understand that all of this mindfulness work that I've done all of this inner work that I've done has given me a language and tools to be able to teach around this idea of more embodied social leadership, um, that I'm able to create these spaces where we can sit with not what we're thinking or our intellect or even sometimes what we're speaking, but we can sit with that deeper felt sense within the body and use that as the basis from which to heal both individually and collectively. And I really believe there's so much power in that, um, in holding space for that and, and creating spaces to do that work. Because as I always say, systems aren't on the outside of us, they live within us. And the wellness and spiritual worlds have offered us so many great tools to be able to take that wellness journey to the collective and also to cycle back through the seasons where we do our own inner work, we kind of fall apart. I've certainly had a few of them this year and just coming out of another one. And it's okay that we work in seasons and cycles, that we won't always be showing up for everyone and everything. And more to the point, it's just not possible to juggle everything all of the time. We need to understand and really honour our inner seasons and cycles, as well as the cycles and seasons of life that we are in, namely one being looking after we, we people or going through grief or whatever it is that might be going on. 
So I just said that I'm interested in asking different questions. And what does that mean for the podcast? Well, I'm interested in asking the question primarily with myself um, around how can I show up for the collective whilst also surviving (laughs) within our own family and just the day-to-day needs. And are those things mutually exclusive or are they connected? And I think the next part of my work is going to be really focused on that. And I acknowledge that not not every one of you will be interested in that. And I'm okay with that too, because I'm at this point where I just really think there are so many healers and wonderful coaches and incredible beings doing phenomenal work that each of us will find and resource ourselves in the way that's best for us. And I'm so, so happy to, you know, collaborate rather than compete and, and, you know, refer people onwards and so on and so forth. So the other questions I'm asking at the moment is, am I done having kids? And if I am done, what does that look like? And if I'm not, what does that look like? And how can I continue to be part of the rite of passage that is allowing maidens to become mothers and then mothers to become wild women? And how can I support those rites of passage? And I'm considering lots of different ways to learn more about that and I'm talking with people and just just asking that question and being curious and being in wonder about what answers may come through. I'm also asking how can I bring the fullness of my energy to what I'm doing rather than trying to do a million different things and feeling like I'm doing them poorly. And as a side note of that, how can I be okay with doing things poorly (laughs) and how can I let go even more of the expectations that we put on ourselves that we think that life should be just so easy and it should look a certain way and most of the time like genuinely it just doesn't genuinely it feels chaotic most of the time and maybe that's okay because within the chaos there are also all these pristine moments of presence and love and joy and you know I think I've been waiting for this time in this year when like everything calms down and I have the space to do stuff and I'm just realizing that that's not ever going to happen and maybe there's a genius in that that sometimes stepping back and being like you know I'm doing pretty well is just that kind of inner loving presence that we need and I'm also asking myself You know, how can I tilt back into my relationships, into my family, into my marriage? Because, you know, two kids down and seven years married, it's time to put some fresh energy into that area. So in terms of the podcast, this is going to be the final Beyond Being Well podcast that I record. And I'll be relaunching the podcast under the name Sacred Social Leaders in September or October. I'm not quite sure seasonally where it will like which moon it will fall on and when still filling into that so I just invite you to follow me on insta at meg j berryman there's another meg berryman on instagram and she has a unicorn as her emoji and it looks like me but it's not mine has a j in it and 
yeah, just stay updated. And I'm running two retreats later in the year, one in Bali. And I'm so excited about that, um, particularly for change makers, people posted overseas, living away from home. It's called Home Away From Home. And it's going to be such a beautiful community of people coming together to do yoga, to rest, to restore, and just to set a new course. <laughs> she's going to lose it. I got to go. Um, and I'm also running one earth healing retreat with Tracy Patterson at, um, continental house in Victoria, November final invitation is to jump on. And if you haven't yet, have a look at my lead her program. We started on Saturday and bringing her to sit up with me. Hello. Going to say hi podcast. Say hi, podcast. Say hi, podcast. She's giving you all a big smile. Yeah, jump on to megberryman.com forward slash lead her and have a look at the program. We did start on Saturday, but um, I'm holding energetically the space for one or two more women who just know they're ready to do that inner self-empowerment work, that wellness to wholeness work in order to step into social leadership in life, work, family, or community and the group of women is really amazing and um the space has just been really potent so far so i would love to have you the first lecture's been recorded for you so you don't have to miss any content and it's available work worldwide that's all from me i've loved having you hang out with me this season i've loved hearing how the episodes have resonated and what you've learned and i so honor your commitment to growth and to showing up for yourself and others and to just finding a different path to well-being focused on contribution and community and connection i really hope to connect with you soon and drop me a line i'm so always happy to chat in fact like it's my favorite thing to do is just to chat with people learn about you connect with you and just fill into like the transition that you're in right now. So lots and lots of love and be really kind to yourselves and others. Um, I'll chat to you soon. Bye. Thank you.